It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Across the states, there are some important issues. One of them, obviously, the vaccine mandates. Another, the border crises, plural. It's not just one crisis, but multiple crises into a greater crisis uh, from many aspects. And as we're going into an election cycle, or as Edwin would say, we never left the last one. It's just terminal cycles, my words, but his principles. What's going on? Let's go to the state level. Representative Briscoe Kane back on the show from Texas's 128th district. Briscoe, uh, first Happy New Year to you. I think we're still good with that for the first couple of weeks, and then we've got to yeah, move on. Yeah, absolutely. Howdy, <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah, well, you know, I passed through Texas last week. Literally, I was in and out in in about 24 hours in Dallas. But uh, let's talk about what's going on in Texas, where we are legislatively. Uh, Some states are in session. uh, Others are not like you. So what's going on in Texas? Yeah, like you mentioned, we are are not currently in session. So kind of a a lesson for those non-Texans, even Texans don't know this, the legislature According to our Constitution and state law, we meet for 140 days beginning in January of odd-numbered years. So we're really very much a part-time legislature. Of course, the governor, like other governors of most southern states uh, and many other states, can call special sessions to bring us back in. The governor's already done that for us earlier this year when the Democrats broke quorum. We had three of those in order for us to pass election reform legislation. Big part of that, you know, I'm the chairman of the elections committee, so was there a lot. So far, though, I've joined um, many other members of the Texas House uh, calling for a fourth special session, though, to to ban vaccine mandates. And I think there's a few other things we could do as well. I mean, we had a great session, though. I see Flo- I've got friends over in Florida, like Anthony Sabatini, who's a state rep there, calling for a session to pass the heartbeat bill, uh, pass constitutional carry. We did those um, this session, but we're still not protecting, you know, everyday Texans from these mandates, from losing their jobs. Um, and the op- opposition to it is interesting, though, right? I don't think people realize this isn't just um, the Biden administration pushing these things. Some of these are big corporations that want this. He's got the backing of these large corporate entities pushing this. And I, I think American people need to be aware of that, that some of these kind of big, too big to fail type corporate entities are also the problem pushing these things yeah and it gets complicated with these corporations multi-state sometimes global operations obviously involved with governments government contracts so many things and and, you know one thing i've and to be fair people in those boardrooms or in those executive offices who agree with the mandates uh you know there's a lot of aspects to this or a lot of uh, facets to this for the corporations Why corporations that look at the bottom line as they should, right, fiduciary responsibility, Briscoe, why they don't push back more when it hurts them as a company is one of the big questions. I don't know if we'll ever get an answer, but it is one of the questions. Um, I think there is an answer. There's an economic theory called uh, market failure, which is when a business or, you know, any business owner stops looking at the bottom line. Um, and begins to look at something else. At some point, they don't care if they have a new customer. Thus, the market has failed. 
uh, what we generally think, especially small businesses, any of us think we are incentivized by capital, by, by making more money. Sometimes there's some other incentive, um, especially for these leftists. Like you mentioned in the boardroom, um, their agenda uh, is more important. Uh, they're not so concerned with their stockholders. Yeah. There, there's a lot of reasons here, but uh, the bottom line is the people, right? Workers, even in those corporations, are the victims of this. You know, you talk about a session on the vaccine mandates. When you assess that versus the various lawsuits, uh, one, for instance, like uh, the United Airlines employees lawsuit, which is in Judge Pittman's court in Austin, Texas, and you look at the arguments that were recently held uh, against OSHA, so now you've got agencies as well playing their role. Uh, if they're all successful, do you still want a session in Texas? Yeah, absolutely. We need to codify things in law. Um, there are things we should do, especially for right now, there's all these exemptions, okay? So the ADA federal law requires a religious exemption or a medical exemption. Um some people that are being denied their religious exemptions, the feds are not telling these employers to deny them. They could just rubber stamp them, put them in the file, and say they were granted. That's all that really matters. It's, at the end of the day, with these denials, are employers creating these extra loopholes and or extra things saying, I, you know, um, they want to see that you've done this your whole life or, or you've never had the flu vaccine or anything else. They're kind of these extra burdens that, as an attorney, as someone who does religious liberty law and has actually um, worked on vaccine exemption stuff before COVID, um, dealing with minors on religious uh, exemptions before, I've never seen um, private entities put up these extra barriers to getting them. Again, this is another point I'm making, which is it's not just the government. It's some of these businesses are making it harder. You mentioned United Airlines. Um, If these corporations wanted to push back, they could. The feds aren't big enough to push them all around. They could all stand up and say no. Instead, they've somehow shifted the blame to make us all be mad at, uh, you know, the White House. Reality, if they really cared, they could stand up themselves, and they're not. I mean, I heard recently the United uh, Airlines CEO is is mad at me, actually. I'm surprised he knows who I am, but he was mad that I had kind of taken shots at these guys because I actually represent some clients who had, a you know, an autistic three-year-old kicked off their flight and things. Um, It's amazing. That if they cared, they would do something. And so I guess I say all this to remind people that there are more bad guys than just those in D.C. Um, that are a problem in America. My guest, Representative Briscoe Kane from Texas's 128th district. Uh, let's talk about the border crises, plural. Yes, one overarching term is used. <clears throat> but there are so many aspects to this. Uh, and on the governmental level, uh, you know, we have to recognize at some point or we should certainly discuss uh, the fact that we are dealing with a narco state business interactions, various other aspects of car manufacturing, uh, oil exports, you name it. All that's going on with Mexico. It is, in fact, a narco state in what it's able to do and those within cartels corrupt government officials and and there are good people fighting to get it right but they're not in charge so from a texas point of view where the governor is looking at private land and texas land on the border uh when it comes to physical barriers and more how do you assess the border crisis and what does texas do Mm -hmm. yeah we uh, i think right now the 
governor. It, you know, the state administration is doing what it can. Um, not to be too critical, though, I think there have been many of us calling for these things to have been done before now. Um, I'm glad it's being done. We need to continue to do more. I'll tell you that legislature allocated an additional $1.8 billion in state funding for border security over the next two years. Um, there are means going around right now of the, the governor's wall, making fun of it. It's fencing, but we are putting up a wall, but we also have to put up fencing. The reason we're putting up chain link fencing is to allow um, prosecution under trespassing laws. So we, we also have to be doing that as well, um, working on just any kind of cheap fencing that goes up. If someone then is on the other side of it, it allows us to do kind of criminal trespass prosecution, just using the tools that what about, we have to do it. What about the private funding component? And the reason I bring this up, uh, back in, I believe, October of 2021, I may be off a little bit on the date, but October, uh, the heir to the Mellon fortune, Timothy Mellon, donated $53 plus million dollars to Texas's border wall fund. Uh, do you know the status of that donation and what it has or has not been put to use? Yeah, as, as far as the, the that money and, and where it's going, um, I'm, I'm not aware of it. No. Now, I will tell you, though, there's been some issues um, in getting landowners on board. I'm not sure of the status. There's a, uh, a county there called Kinney County where uh, there were some negotiations of landowners. So you got to remember, we're not coming in and taking their land. This isn't um, eminent domain. We have to get them to agree to it. So some of these certain people have had to, a little longer negotiations. There's things that they wanted and, and stuff. And, they, they, you know, when you're doing that private uh, work, some of that's taking time. Um, I'm glad we're doing it. But, again, you know, Border Patrol has their hands tied, right? Their boss isn't letting them do what they should be doing. You know, they, we turn them into babysitters. Um, our state troopers are down there a lot. And gosh, you know, eventually that's pretty tiring being away from your family. But I can tell you, Texas is, is doing its best. Um, sadly, the cartel, which I like to compare to essentially a mafia, um, they really do remind me of this old school mafia. I mean, they're running and doing illegal activities, but they're actually in charge, right? When the mafia was running New York or running Boston, that's a kind of an easy way to compare them of what's going on in Mexico, you're 100% right. They, they run the show in a way, and they have friends on both sides of the border. We, we have corruption down there. We've got county commissioners and county judges that run things that are, you know, taking things on the table and or looking the other way. Then um, it's been there for decades and decades, and it is taking a lot of time to root out that corruption and expose it and prosecute people. You know, an important part of that last uh, point you mentioned is that th that is not a Republican or Democrat issue. Since the 90s, I have watched this, and there has been corruption, regardless of political party, along the border, along with an economic incentive, which is if the towns get in the benefit of the money, in some cases, leave it alone uh, and just let it happen. Uh, you know, from the governor's mansion and, and, you know, when you look at the state agencies that can do something about this, what's being done? I mean, it, there are some that are so obvious and that I've seen in the past, Briscoe, uh, that they they I don't know, for lack of a better term, could easily be investigated and prosecuted. Yeah, well, um, our law enforcement's kind of a, a, a local thing. In fact, recently there's a. Um, Texas has a bifurcated Supreme Court, so we have a 
criminal supreme, uh, civil supreme recently have said that um, the Texas Constitution does not allow the Texas Attorney General to prosecute crimes unless the local DAs bring them in. So if you've got a local county with a district attorney or a county attorney that's bought off, they're not going to do anything. If you've got local prosecutors aren't doing anything, then there's not much that can be done. And, and as you know, I don't think the feds are interested in prosecuting border corruption because they're probably are okay with it. So uh, we're in a tight spot. This is really requires the people to finally say enough. And, um, you know, it shows that elections have consequences. I'll tell you, though, Republicans are starting to win in the Valley, right? We we just picked up a, a – we just flipped a seat in San Antonio, but we just had a Republican member of the – or the Democrat flip parties in Texas. Representative Ryan Ginn is now a Republican. He represents the Valley. Um, we have a lot of candidates running down there. Um, we're seeing a trend towards um, conservatism and republicanism. Uh, from people in the Valley who were tired of this corruption, who believe in the rule of law. And I agree with you, though, David, that this isn't a party issue. But right now it seems to be one currently, and I, I think those people are tired of – this is really a local thing, not just state reps and state senators. You're seeing Republicans, uh, even though they're nonpartisan generally, run for mayor and other things because they realize that the role a city can play is important. Uh, you know, they're turning a blind eye to the cartel or, or actually helping people come across the border. So I think there's hope. There's always hope. We've survived a, a long time here in Texas as our uh, as a state and, and this nation. I think there is hope. Of course, it all depends on uh, what the Lord is going to do for us. And I, I hope we continue. Last last question, if you will, on this, Briscoe. And I really always appreciate you coming on as we're talking about this. And, yeah, we're getting a little bit into the weeds in some cases. But on those border issues, your point about criminal prosecution, local authorities have to do that. Uh, you, you obviously have the Texas Department of Public Safety, that state-based agency. So crimes committed on state uh, where state has its... Uh, it's, you know, it's lawful presence, right, you know, on the state roads, et cetera, uh, that would rise out of the local authority. And what about the sheriffs? Uh, so could well, that be at least a path to finding some of these these crooked Absolutely. politicians or other players if they commit a crime and the state agency is given jurisdiction or the sheriff is given jurisdiction that takes it away from the municipal or county jurisdiction? It, it does, but it'd still be the venue, right, for where people would be tried or prosecuted would still be local. The Department of Public Safety, DPS, the state troopers, Texas Rangers, they could all go write someone a ticket and take them to jail. But they're still going to be dealt with at that local county level. And I, I think that's why we're seeing a trend in some of those counties begin to flip parties as well because of a lack of desire to actually prosecute. Just because you take someone to jail doesn't mean the judge is going to do anything about it. And so we see how important some of these elections are that these judges uh, down there not be compromised so that we can take care of this corruption. You can see where um, a lot of sometimes police officers, even when we look at liberal cities that are defunding them, their, their morale is down because they'll go arrest a criminal. They'll arrest some guy for battering his wife, and next thing you know, this little judge lets them out on no bail. It's the same issue, right, similar. DPS and sheriffs can do their arrests, but if – the judicial system or the county attorney, the prosecutor's office, isn't willing to do anything. And all they're doing is making people yeah, spend the night. Under, understood. Just looking for a path.
we keep looking for paths to, I guess we can call it the path to prosecution, not to be glib in any way, but that's what's needed here. Yeah. Uh, you and if you can't, can't legislate those things, David, we can't legislate yeah. that. We were meant to be a moral society. Uh, the state can't pass laws to make people want to care or want to do their job, right? And so that's why it's up to the voters to find people with ethics and morals that care about the rule of law, whether they even maybe even disagree with themselves that recognize the legislature spoke through the people, the sovereign people, have said this is what we want. And uh, we need more people that, that care and have ethics in their own heart, right? you got to change the people in charge when they're not doing the job. Briscoe Kane, Texas 128. Briscoe, thank you all. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.